Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As we close out our Pursue series, this word's going to be in your face. And, you know, if you didn't wear steel toe boots, get ready because you will get stepped on. All right? Because there's one thing that we're lacking in America today, and it's something called commitment. It's become a four-letter word. It's become a word that people that, that say, I do, but they don't. Uh, they, they stand at an altar and commit themselves to someone, and they're just as easily to walk away. They, they join a gym, pay the monthly membership, but they never show up. Mark chapter 14, verse 50. Jesus is at the Garden of Gethsemane, and these, these men that he's poured his life to, I'm just going to read the scripture, and then we'll, we'll build around it. It says, then all his disciples deserted him. Someone say deserted. And ran away. I love the way the message version puts it because it's a little more modern talk. He says, and all the disciples cut and ran. Have you ever had someone that you depended on, that you helped out, that you were stood by their side, and the moment that you needed them most, they cut and ran? They said that they were your ride or dies or you're loyal to the soil, and all of a sudden when you needed them, they abandoned you. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I've come too far. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him to give up now. Look at the person behind you and tell him, I got too much invested. I want you to notice something about the disciples. Things didn't go the way they expected. And they expected Jesus to establish his earthly kingdom here on earth to become a king. And these guys are, Hank, they're rock stars, man. Wherever Jesus went, there were the crowds. They, they got, you know, they'd go to a crowded restaurant. They'd get in without reservations. They'd walk down the street and they would be rolling. They, they would be the ones rolling in the SUVs and the rims and pull up to, the, to wherever they were going. And they, they had their posse. They had a crew. The disciples were like the, were like the secret service. Jesus was the rock star wherever. Wherever they went, there were crowds. Everyone knew who they were. These guys were riding high. Everyone knew. Dude, they were walking on water. They were opening blinded eyes. They were causing the deaf to hear. They were even raising people from the dead. That God was using these men and things were taking place. But now, when they're in the Garden of Gethsemane and the soldiers show up to take Jesus, they were expecting Jesus to perform a miracle, to do something, to get not only them, but him out. Out of that mess and Jesus didn't do what they expected him to do has Jesus ever not done what you expected him to do and Jesus doesn't act in a manner they expected him to so they abandoned him and how many times have we abandoned things or people when they don't do what we expected I have a question for you have things ever turned out different for you than what you expected Have you ever hoped for one thing and something else happened? 
I want you to see these disciples. They followed Jesus for three and a half years of pouring their lives. They walked away from their jobs for Christ. They literally abandoned the nets to follow Jesus. And now, after three and a half years of walking with Jesus, eyewitnesses to major miracles of great signs and wonders, these men now see Jesus suspended between heaven and earth, stuck to a cross, and now these guys that were rock stars are now fugitives. And instead of taking over, they're taking cover. They're hiding out. Where they were used to walking out and everyone knew their names, now they're afraid to come out because their, their, their master, their, their teacher, their leader is now connected to a cross. And the Bible says in another version that they abandoned Jesus. Everyone say abandoned. Have you ever felt Abandoned. Listen, I want want to take you somewhere with this. Stay with me. I'm not going to be long, but that word abandon in the the Greek is a verb that means to let go, to leave, to disregard, to leave behind, to dismiss, to divorce, cancel, or abandon. Literally, to walk... I mean, we're, we're just talking about literally just drop the mic, I'm out. Not no no explanation, no, hey, I'll be back later. They, I need you to understand what these individuals were doing. This was not, and listen carefully, this wasn't a time out. This was a tap out. And many times, it's all right to time out in your marriage. It's all right to time out in life. It's all right to take a time out in the game of life and the things that you're going through. But the disciples were not timing out. They were tapping out. They were saying, I'm done. I'm out of here. They were tapping out and they were done. They weren't going to return again. They were in fear for their lives. And they end up abandoning Jesus. We're done. We're gone. And many individuals throughout the Bible, what I love about the Bible, the Bible's real. If you would take time and read, you'll see stories of other people that wanted to give up as well. And we look at these. These are real people just like you and me, flesh and blood, that went through disappointments. What am I talking about? Israel at the Red Sea. They come out with great fanfare, all these plagues and God doing great things. They come up to the Red Sea, turn around. There's an army coming down upon them, and they're freaking out and saying, God, why would you bring us here to die? You're not the only person that wanted to give up. Take a look at David, anointed king, and now he's back tending sheep. Have you ever had a call on your life, but you find that what you're doing doesn't measure up to your skill level? Feel like you're wasting your time right now? Joseph has a promise to be in a palace, but now is operating in a pit, sitting in a pit in a prison. Have you ever felt like God's promises on your life are greater than what you're experiencing right now? Joseph did. Moses, he's been called the deliverer, but now he's on the backside of a desert. I want you to see Paul and Silas, they're preaching the gospel, end up beaten naked and, and alone in a prison, in a jail cell. I want you to know not everything works out the way you expect it to. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. The Bible is filled with people that have felt that way before, that have felt and faced disappointment. But all of those people had something that the disciples failed to get a hold of. And I believe we're raising a generation that doesn't know how to recognize it either. And that's called commitment. Say it again, Pastor. We, we have a people that don't have a clue about commitment. We, we don't know about commitment any longer. 
That very job that you were praying for, Pastor, please let me get that job. Would you pray with me? Would you agree with me about getting this job? Would you pray with me that God would open up an opportunity for me to get this job? You get the job, and about three weeks later, you hate the job. <laughs> very job that I'm over there praying for you about, now all of a sudden you got it. God answers your prayer. You don't want it no more. Commitment. We all have abandonment issues. It becomes so easy to abandon what we were so committed to at one time. In America, we're operating abandonment issues. We have abandoned our values. We've abandoned marriages. Marriages are breaking up at 50%. Uh, every uh, half of marriages are ending today. We got fatherless children, educational dropouts, a black hole of unemployment, uh, of employment, and unused gym memberships. That's a shame. And yet you're still paying. Man, in December, we're getting in shape. December, we're, January, January 1st, we're getting in shape. You go out, you join a gym. How many of you, don't raise your hands, you, got, you belong to a gym and you're, you're a consistent worker out, outer. And the first week of January, that place is packed. You can't find a machine. You can't, get, you can't get your workout in because it's packed. Everyone's there. But then third, fourth week of January, they're all gone. But yet your payments still have to keep going in. Paying for something you're not even using. I, I want to take you somewhere. Look, look, 2 Timothy chapter 1. You got the disciples that cut and run. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12, Paul, the apostle, is talking. For this reason I also suffer these things. Have you ever suffered anything? Church, ever gone through a tough time? I know some of y'all have. Okay, I'm not talking about a hangnail. No. Didn't get a parking place in front of the in front of the mall forever 21 was all packed out <laughs> nevertheless i am not ashamed for i know who i ha- whom i have believed and i'm persuaded that he is able to keep what i have i have committed follow me on this until that day why didn't paul give up because paul had committed something to god that word committed, I want you, want you to grab a hold of this, is that it means something entrusted or literally it's a banking term for a deposit. How many love deposits? Come on. How, how many love looking at your bank statement and seeing the credit aspect where things come in? We don't like the outgoing, but we love the credit. And what Paul's saying here, that it literally is like a, ba- like a deposit to a banker entrusting someone with something of value for someone to, for safekeeping until full demand is given to it, which means this, okay? I'm giving this wallet to her and trusting it to her. So everything in there, it's mine. But what I'm doing is I'm entrusting that she can hold it. When I place a demand, someone say demand. demand. When you place a demand, I get it all back again. That's what you do when you go to your bank. You give them a deposit. Your hard-earned money, your work, that you, your blood, sweat, and tears. You give them your check. You are depositing. You are committing something that you earned, and you're giving it to them and trusting it to them. Now, you know what they do is they take your money and they invest it. They give you less than 1% on your money in a savings account, but they'll take your money and they'll put that money to work and make 20 or, or, or 21% by lending it back to you in a credit card. Oh, I love my bank. They gave me a credit card. Off of your money. And it's only 21%. 
Or if you get it, if you really got really good credit, maybe at 7%. But even still, they're only giving you less than one. And they'll take your money and they'll put it to work. But when you go in and you place a demand, they better have my money. Come on, somebody. You go in there and you get to the ATM and you start punching in and you $60. You better have my $60. I want my $60. You better have my money. Because I've deposited in there. The problem is this in America, what's going on, is that there are many marriages that are operating on NSF. Non-sufficient funds for those of you that don't have a bank account or have never been down that road. I've done some living, okay? Had a few of those in my day. And I need you to understand something is that you can only withdraw from something that you've deposited into. Say it again, Pastor. You cannot withdraw from something that you haven't put into. And so the reason marriages are failing, families are failing, businesses are failing, walks with God are failing, is because we're not depositing into the right accounts. And so now you're coming to God and placing a demand on God, saying, I want you to do this for me, I want you to do that for me, but you have no deposits. Here you got a man by the name of Paul that's been jailed, whipped, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, lost at sea, hungry, betrayed, cold and naked, beaten and shamed. He went through some things. He didn't just, you know, Starbucks was crowded today. Oh, man, the, 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 the line at Starbucks was so long. I'm really going through tough times. That's not Paul went through some things in life here, folks. He went through some things. He went through some troubles. Why didn't he give up, though? Why didn't he walk away like the disciples did? One reason, Paul had made a deposit. And you will not walk away from something when you have a deposit in it. You will not walk away from something that has equity. You will not walk away from something that has value. And Paul understood that he had made a, God had made a deposit in him as well. Now, let me take you somewhere. The, uh, commitment is a lost art. And I, I want you, you're going to probably, you can take a picture of this instead of trying to write this down. But it takes commitment. Take, take a look if this makes any sense. We got people that get married, but they don't want fidelity. We, got, we want a job without responsibility. We want the next level without adversity. We want sex without intimacy. We want intimacy without transparency. We want position without accountability. We want a miracle without impossibility. We want integrity without purity. And we want blessing without productivity. And so we want something for nothing. And we're, we're, we want things for free. And whenever someone gives something for free, we show up. You don't even need it, but you want to. You notice that? You know, it's a trip, man, when we're, we're doing things and we're handing things out. I tell the staff, I cannot be involved when we do free giveaways. Because I trip on people. We're giving it for free, and they're, they're trying to get over and take a couple extra. I'm like, really? Doing the, the candy toss, and you got parents in there trying to... You can't go to 7-Eleven and drop a dollar. 
I just, yeah, I, just I, I have to get away. I tell them, you guys do the candy toss because I, I, get, I, I get bent out of shape. I'm like, hey, it's just the kids, not, not the parents. <laughs> Forgive me, okay? I'm a bad man, okay? <laughs> Everyone's looking at me like, man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> how, how many remember what happened 20, uh, in 2008? What's that? Economy went in. It went to the dump, man. And one of the main things wasn't just, it wasn't just the stock market. It was the housing market. And you know, you know what was going on was this. Now, now follow me on this. We were looking for a house during that time. We were trying to sell our house in Manteca to move out this way. And our value started here when we put it on the market. And by the time we pulled it off the market, the value was down here. Because what companies were doing is that they were encouraging people to borrow 120% on your home because the prof prices kept going up. So borrow 120% off of the net value of your home because it's going to continue to go up. It's your money. Just use your money because the banks will lend it to you at 7%. Your money by the way, okay? And so you, you get that from them, and you go out and buy a car, you're going out on vacation, and people were buying more homes and then borrowing more money on top of it, and everything was great while there was equity. But as soon as the market crashed, the housing market bubble burst, you had people that owed 120% on their homes that were worth less Equity means if I if I have a if my home's worth a hundred thousand, I owe eighty, and the price of that house has gone up to hundred and twenty. I have about right now forty thousand equity in my house. Are you following me? When the market crashed, what ended up happening? People were owing hundred and twenty thousand on homes. 300,000 on homes, 500,000 on homes, a million dollar on homes that were not worth that amount. And so what was happening here in the Bay Area, because they were underwater, whenever you're underwater, that means you're in a bad situation, okay? Both physically and financially. When you're underwater, unless you got a snorkel and you're snorkel, it's a bad deal, okay? Now, now we, we were looking for, remember these houses we went to go see here in the Bay Area? People were so ticked that the market turned, that when you would walk into a house, light switches were gone. The kitchen was gone. The cabinets were gone. The light fixtures were... People were busting out the walls to pull the, 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 the copper out of the, the plumbing. Why? Because they were going to turn in air conditioning units. They were taking ducking. You would walk into some houses and it was like, are they renovating? No, the owners just left. And they took everything. Carpet, breaking tile up. You know they couldn't use it. But they were so upset about the situation. See, I need you to understand, when that took place, many people walked away from their houses because of this simple thing. There was no equity. Let me let this sink, sink in. Some, some of you aren't getting this. You will never walk away from anything in life where there is equity. 
You won't walk away from a marriage that has equity. You will not walk away from a house that has equity. You will not walk away from a relationship that has equity, a business that has equity, because as long as there's value there, you're not going to walk away from that thing. The only reason we walk away from God is when we no longer have value for God. And yet God deposited into us with everything he had. Worship team, if you would help me this morning. His disciples deserted him and ran away. You know, as Vivi, it's so good to see you and Marie. God bless you, man. I would have Marie show you her engagement ring, but it's being sized right now. It's good to see them. I want you to see what takes place here as we close this morning. How many know that the story doesn't end here? I'm not going to send you home with the disciples just abandoning Jesus in the garden. How many know that we wouldn't be here if the disciples had just ran away and abandoned Jesus in the garden? Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Something happens between Mark chapter 14 and Acts chapter 4. Between this place where they abandoned Jesus and the place now where they're standing up in court saying, we're not going, we're not turning away. We're not giving up. We're not walking away. You could kill us. You could destroy us. But we're not going to stop preaching the name of Jesus. What happened between this point and this, what, what took place during those, that time? What happened between Mark 14 and Acts chapter 4? Number one, a deposit. God made a deposit into the disciples. God had an encounter with them in the upper room in Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit was poured inside these men that were fearful, that were scared. And in that time, Jesus showed himself alive, raising from the dead after three days. And they saw it with their own eyes. And they had, their hope was restored. I'm here to tell tell you what you think is dead is really alive what you thought was over is still beating that God is about to bring a resurrection to those things you thought were dead and they go from there and they begin they wait like Jesus asked them to and then the Holy Spirit shows up God made a deposit into them it was the deposit of his presence God breathed into them like he did in Adam in, the, in, in Genesis chapter 1. God came in and his presence was restored to them. See, how did these men go from fearless to, uh, from, from uh, fearful to fearless? These men that were scared to death, they had an encounter with God. Do you know that every one of the disciples except for John died a martyr's death? They, they took Bartholomew and they peeled him alive. And he refused to turn his back on God. If these guys had any doubt about who Jesus was, the first moment that blade touched Bartholomew's skin, he would say, hey, guys, I'm just playing, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Jesus, who? Jesus is dead, man. He's, he's gone. But something happened to them that radically transformed his life, that, that Peter, the same one that denied him three times in one night, that when they're crucifying him, he says, wait, wait. Are you going to denounce him? No, no, no. Just don't crucify me right side up because I can't die the way Jesus did. 
I'm not worthy to die that way. Crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to die the same kind of death as him. Something happened to these men. They had an encounter with God that transformed them. If you find yourself on the verge of walking out on your family, leaving your job, walking away from your church, walking away from your God, then I want you to spend some time and let God deposit into you once again the breath of God that gives you the ability to rise up and become who God created you to be. Second thing I want you to see is this, is how do we hold on? How do we... How do we not give up? I got, I, I've, I've come too far. I got too much to lose. Acts chapter 28. Stinking Paul, man. Brother is, brother is arrested for preaching the gospel. They, they got him in chains. They put him on a ship. And they're taking him in a ship, June. They're taking him on this ship to Rome to stand trial in Rome. On his way there, they hit a storm that lasts so long that these guys, they're throwing everything over the side of the boat. And then the boat ends up crashing and they end up in the water and they survive all this stuff to get to the edge of uh, of this beach. Walks up to the island of Malta. They start a fire. And as he's sitting there with the fire going, he takes some wood and he throws the wood on the fire. Right when he throws the wood on a fire, a snake comes out and bites him. I'm being jailed for the fact I believe in Jesus. I'm being taken away from my land to Rome to stand trial. On the way there, we hit a storm. Then we end up shipwrecked. I end up in the water. And now we finally survive that situation. The guards want to kill us so none of us get away. I survive that. I get to the shore. I put, we get a fire. I put the wood in and I get bit. I'm having a bad day. Things aren't going my way right now. What do you do when things aren't going your way? Look what he does in verse 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Oh, somebody has to hear me this morning. There are some things that are attaching themselves to you that don't belong to you. Some things, some experiences, your past, some relationships, some attitudes, some conditions that are coming out in the middle of your fire, in the middle of your trial, and they're trying to attach themselves to you. I'm here to tell you right now shake it off shake it off you don't belong to me you're not mine get off me get uh-uh no no I'm shame is not part of my life addiction is not part of my life regret is not part of my life I'm not going to allow my past to hold me back and it take off shake it off somebody here has to shake it off this morning you got to stop sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. Shake it off. Get rid of that thing. It don't belong to you. You may not be able to keep it from biting you, but you can keep it from hanging on you. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Come on. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.